We are going to Japan. Andrew Saville is in Japan for the Rugby World Cup, uh, of course, just a couple of days away. Andrew Saville joins us. G'day, Andrew. Hello, Simon. How are you? Good, mate. Thank you. Really nice to chat with you. Nice, nice segue from dating apps to me in Japan. <laughs> yes, yes. We're, we're, not, we're not drawing any lines between them, Sav. So, so we'll, we'll, no, thank just, you very much. That's all right, mate. We'll move on straight away. Now, first of all, um, the, is it the South African team that's going to be announced later on today, mate? Yeah, it's at 5.30 your time, Phil. So we'll have it on um, One News tonight, of course. Intriguing times, really, isn't it? I mean, this is... Obviously, it's always special ahead of an all-black Springbok game, but this is just extra special, isn't it? Because it is a uh, World Cup game. It's the first time these two teams have ever met in a pool match at a Rugby World Cup, and there's heaps on the line. What's your read of uh, the Japanese reaction so far? We've seen the images from, from of course, the Wales training where 15,000 people turned up there. Sav, your read of it, the people, how are they responding to it? Uh, look, Simon, this, this city is obviously so massive that Clearly not everybody is going to be into rugby with, with sports like football and baseball being so popular here. But there's a lot of uh, advertising signage. You walk into every mini-mart and there's uh, Coca-Cola bottles with Japanese players wrapped around them. Um, mm-hmm. there's, there, there, there's a lot of um, signage around and, and I think there's a lot of locals that are interested in rugby. Um, but in a city this size, it's it's sometimes hard to gauge how many locals will be going um, and just particular interest in rugby. Uh, I know the All Blacks, let's face it, I think they're the most popular rugby team in Japan, even aside from the Japanese team. Yeah. Um, they're, they're constantly, I wouldn't say mobbed outside their hotel, but invariably there are autograph hunters and selfie hunters outside their hotel receptions uh, from last weekend, this week in, in, in central Tokyo. So a lot of interest, but so much interest in the All Blacks, that's for sure. Mm. Exactly. Andrew, one of the things which has been a bit staggering to me is when we see the reports of the weather over there, is it still yeah. absolutely scorching and is it likely to still be boiling hot when the All Blacks play South Africa? Well, Phil, luckily for someone of a larger nature, <coughs> dressed... <laughs> Kitted out in a black one new shirt yesterday. <laughs> saw that. Uh, yeah. by, by the time by the time we got on here, there was quite a nice breeze coming through the concrete alleyway we were in uh, to, to to alleviate the situation. But ha- but walking around the city most of the day, getting on and off trains, um, uh, overground trains, subway trains, it was very very hot. Not not unbearable. I don't think there's that humidity of say in Malaysia or Vietnam or um, countries like that. But it was sunny, but very hot. Late twenties, early thirties. The thing is, though, the interesting thing is, though, as the week progresses, the temperature is supposed to cool off a tad, and it's forecast around 20, 22 degrees for the All Black Springbok game and and plenty of rain as well. But but can I just say? You're travelling on these amazing subway trains. They're all air-conditioned. The people are extremely polite. We're in a hotel next to Shinjuku Stadium, which sees 4 million people a day go through it. But you would would never know. Everything is so orderly. Um, Everything is so precise. Everything is so clean and wonderfully organised that you would never, ever know. 
given we're only a couple of days away, three days away from the game with the All Blacks and the Springboks, I think I'm right in saying you'll know this, that South Africa has been the team that's spent the longest preparation. I think they've been in Japan for two weeks. So is, is acclimatisation, is that going to be relevant to the game, do you think, Andrew? Yeah, I think it will be, Si. I think um, I think I read somewhere a professor back home suggested the All Blacks have done exactly the right thing by having an extra week here last week. Hmm. Uh, they believe they, they didn't need longer um, right. here. It, 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 and, and, and as I say, I think the temperature from here on in, as we end the near of typhoon season, thankfully, the humidity hmm. should drop and the temperature should drop. So I think the All Blacks have done the right thing. But there's no doubt about it that we're going to see a lot of ball movement in the games. We're going to see hard and fast fields if that rain, heavy rain, stays away. And we're going to see a lot of running in warm conditions. And I think that's clearly what these teams, including the All Blacks, are prepared for. Andrew, how open have the All Blacks training sessions been? Because obviously, as, as a journo, one of the things that you like to try and see is what hints you can pick up from what combinations are running on the field. Are the All Blacks opening up their training sessions to you guys, or are you just there for a brief period and then you're excluded? A brief period, then excluded, definitely. They're the world rugby rules, and that's what all the teams have been sticking to. Uh, in these In this day and age, Phil, I think of cameras on everybody's phone and cameras everywhere um, all the teams have given the allotted I think it's 15 minutes at the start of training and then you're pretty much ushered out now last week right. in Kashiwa northeast of the city I think the All Blacks were a bit more relaxed because it was really a build-up week it wasn't test match mode week uh, but this week certainly the clamps have gone on so it is it is difficult to gauge who is likely to be named in that starting team uh, tomorrow for the All Blacks, I think we can pick probably 10, 12, 13 players, but um, it is quite difficult to gauge who will be starting in the All Black team and what sort of game plans. But as I say, in this day and age of technology, I'm sure uh, all the teams are wanting to uh, guarantee or assure themselves that no spies are out there, but who knows? And Andrew, given this is the first time we've uh, spoken to you, just put your sweaty, clammy, humid old heart to one side. <laughs> what's your What's your gut feel on who's going to win this tournament? Well, I, I I think the All Blacks can do it. I think there's, of course, uh, the issue of referees. I think the All Blacks have got three French refs in their four pool games. Uh, yeah. There's that issue. Um, as we know... Uh, refereeing issues can sometimes come back to bite a team. There's the old uh, issue of injuries. Uh, Brody Retallick is such a key for this team. They will need him in the knockout phase, that's for sure. Um, so you never know. As the All Blacks have said in 2011 and four years ago and leading into this tournament, you always expect the unexpected at World Cups. Look at Rob Howley. What's going on with this Welsh team now with that assistant mm. coach Rob Howley being sent home? Yeah, under yeah. this cloud of, of World Rugby betting investigation, for goodness sake. So that will rock the Welsh team. At a Hell World yeah. Cup, you have to expect the unexpected. If the All Blacks all stay fully fit and if they're able to control games and use the game plan they want, then the All Blacks should win Rugby World Cup um, 2019. Andrew, really appreciate your time, mate. Uh, all the very best to you. We'll look forward to chatting again. Take care, buddy. Hey, hey so just before I go, can I, yeah. just a couple of things quickly. Yeah. yeah. Um, uh, a little bit of a story from yesterday, my first day on the ground, or should I say a person very close to me, their first day on the ground, a mate of mine, can I say. <laughs> yes. A mate of mine, <laughs> yeah. yeah. A mate of mine left his backpack on a train. 
Right. <laughs> with his with his wallet in it, with his passport in it. Uh, his what a drop documents. kick. Yeah, I know. I, I, and I had a word to this mate of mine. Um, yeah, I bet you did. And in a city of close to 40 million in the greater metropolitan area, my mate of mine, th- um, this mate of mine thought his bag was gone for good, right? Yeah. We, we were able to contact our fixer and interpreter uh, who, for this mate of mine, rang the train station and out of a city of 40 million, the bag was handed in intact. No. Wow. And wow. My mate of my, <laughs> the mate of mine got his bag back with... All the cash in his wallet, all the cards in his wallet, his passport, everything had been untouched about oh about two hours later. That is a and great that, story, mate. Well, I'm I, glad I you got it. I'm glad you got it all. I mean, your mate got it all back. I, I, and I think that sums up the Japanese people. As I say, four million yeah. people go through this one train station beside <laughs> us here in central Tokyo. And the honesty and the respect that these people have for each other and everyone else, I think um, it, it, it's, it is, it's a great feel to a massive city, which is a massive humanity, but just works so well. And the second thing is, can I just say, it's great to hear you two back on the radio together in Christchurch and around the country. And the day that your daughters rang you for Father's Day, Simon, I had to stop and pull over to the side of the road. It was, it was fantastic and riveting broadcasting oh, oh, bless and, and heartfelt broadcasting at its best. Oh, you're very kind, Matt. I really appreciate those words. Thank you so, so, so much, Andrew. Take care and we'll chat again, Matt. Thanks, appreciate Sam. it. Anytime. See you, buddy. Anytime.